Welcome to another episode of the interview series. This time my guest was Abby Leland, probably one of the most famous music supervisors in the UK. As a true entrepreneur, she started her career as a music supervisor at the age of 19, having worked already within both the film and music industries. In 2005, Abby founded Leland Music, her own company, where she expanded the scope of her mission to include commercials and brands. She has worked with brands like Sony, Nike, Honda, and many more, including John Lewis, supervising the music side of things since 2010, with the music being a key factor in the huge public anticipation of the launch every Christmas. In more recent days, Abby has built a unique and highly esteemed team, working closely with the most successful brands, ad agency, and filmmakers. Recently, she worked on You're It by Nike, Netflix docuseries Formula One, Drive to Survive, Netflix drama series Top Boy, and the forthcoming Steve McQueen-directed BBC series Small Axe. During our interview, Abby discussed her experiences, how she started in the business, how she decided to expand to brands and agencies, and not just focusing on the movie industry. She also gave her top tips to succeed within such industry, and she also told us a little bit more about what it really means to be a music supervisor. We think we know it, but do we really? Thank you for listening. And as always, subscribe if you like what you're hearing to not miss any new episode. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> How was your day? Very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm having my, my day in the office, alone in my office. Right. How does it feel? Um, quiet. Yeah. Quite, quite echoey with, without anyone else in, but, but nice as well. Right. Have you been playing some music or just yes. right? Nice. Yes. You have complete freedom to pick what you want. Exactly. Yeah. Like and we're in quite a quiet spot so I can play it loud. I love it. Oh, good for you. Nice. <laughs> All right. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, so, yeah, I, I sort of like briefly introduced you, but you will be uh, talking about your career path and what you do at the moment. And um, why is it relevant, of course, to, to our audience? So um, if you just want to start by sort of like telling us um, how did you, um, you know, step into the music and creative industry and, uh, yeah, how did, you, how did you approach it? Um, so, um, I mean, I, I, I got into the industry at a relatively young age. I, um, I wasn't much one for um, school, so I, I, I struggled a bit with, with the school system. And I got about three months into my A-levels in college and decided to leave. Um, and I got a job um, as a runner at a film production company. So I was just 17 and started to work as a runner at a film production company. And um, this was, you know, back in the 90s. So um, it was the, 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 the job as a runner I was very literal. I spent basically six months running around Soho delivering packages, um, a new Soho like the back of my hand, which was great. Um, and making lots of 
cups of tea and coffee and yep. phones. Um, so that was my, yeah, that was my introduction, first sort of job in the industry. So the, the approach was to the uh, film industry rather than the music industry. So was that yeah. what you were into? Yeah, I mean, I think for, for me, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of grown up um, amongst um, sort of film people. I had cut, but my, my father worked in the film industry, so that's sort of what I knew. Um, and obviously I had a kind of way into it. I had a foot in the door, which I'm very grateful for. So when I had my kind of meltdown at college and wanted to leave and I decided... Uh, and I was quite impatient and I was quite ambitious and wanted to work. Um, and so, um, you know, at, at that point, I think I thought I wanted to be a film producer, which um, obviously I then changed my mind about. But, um, but yeah, so that was my sort of, that was my way into the creative industries. Um, and from, from that, I then, um, I mean, I... <laughs> I won't digress too much because I then had a bit of a period of time where I, I was just young and free and I partied and I really properly discovered music. So I got kind of heavily into um, the free party scene and, and, um, and a lot of electronic music and then decided that actually I wanted to work in, in music. Um, but continued actually as as a runner and it was whilst i was um a runner on a on a film and um i was chatting to one of the crew um and i think they were a bit intrigued by me because i was this sort of skin-headed pierced young person <laughs> who probably looked like they needed a good night's sleep most of the time and, um, and they were asking me, well, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, oh, well, actually, what, what I want to do is go and work in, in music. And, and um, they said, oh, well, actually, my, my friend has just left this job, I think, just as I, I think they even called it secretary back in those days. It's a secretary or sort of front of house at, um, at a record label. She just, she just left. You could see if that job's going. Um, so I did. I went to this record label which was um, in West London at the time, it's, it's, it's defunct now, um, but, um, and went and gave them a call and knocked on their door and, and got a job there as, I guess, secretary or whatever it was called. Okay, but you got your foot in the door, definitely. I got my foot in the door then, so I sort of jumped on that opportunity. Um, so then that was my first job in the music industry. So did you, did you already know what sort of direction you wanted your career to take in terms of, right? How no, did you... I, I didn't at all. And, and obviously, I, you know, I was completely inexperienced. So didn't, didn't know the ins and outs of um, the music industry at all and all the different roles. So it was sort of great for, for learning that that, you know, the first job is obviously such an eye-opener in, into the industry and what all the different roles are. And um, so I, I kind of quickly moved from, like, um, being the sort of office dog's body in a way to then it was a small, it was a small independent company and they were doing a lot of um, compilations. And, again, it's back in the 90s, so the compilations market was, was thriving back then. Um, and they were compiling a lot of dance compilations. Right. 
Um, and I was like jungle and drum and bass and techno actually, but they had their techno guys. So the dr jungle and drum and bass, I kind of jumped on those compilations. They were paying a lot of DJs to compile these compilations for them. And so I sort of, you know, put my hand up and said, well, actually I could do that for you. So I started compiling those compilations and doing the licensing. So that was my first little, in little introduction into negotiations and licensing as well, even though it's quite different to sync licensing. Um, so yeah, so I did that um, and like loved it. Um, and then kind of moved from that job into my next music industry job. I think um, making compilations and <clears throat> sorry, playlists is like probably my dream job. So I'm a bit jealous for that. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I mean, it was great. It was great it's to amazing. Be paid to do that. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. brilliant. It's a it's a great start. So, what yeah. uh, did you move on to? So, I then got a job at, um, at a company that was called Simply Vinyl, and they were um, re-releasing sort of classic albums on heavyweight vinyl for, mm -hmm. for collectors. Um, that was also a bit bit of an eye opener, and also was was. So definitely, I, I already liked um, vinyl and collected vinyl at that point, but was much more um, into just the kind of dance sort of singles and everything, 12 inches. And, but um, they were doing kind of these beautifully packaged albums and, um, you know, for the collectors. And I remember when I looked at the orders, I was, all the orders were for, like everyone would order like two copies, or not everyone, but lots of people would order two copies. And it's because it was the play one, keep one kind of mentality. So they had their nice, beautiful copy that they'd keep. Um, but they were re-releasing, part of what they were re-releasing was, was these sort of old soundtracks like um, like Easy Rider and then old um, like Lalish John Barry scores. And so that, um, again, I was sort of already, I already liked um, film soundtracks but hadn't really thought about it but that sort of triggered a thought process of like oh films music joined the dots yep. and started to look into um into that kind of side of things I assumed there was a job somewhere amongst this and so kind of knocked on the door of various um, people that I knew in the industry, like asked a couple of film producers, got introduced to um, a couple of film composers, and then eventually found that there was a role called a music supervisor. So I think I then decided, right, well, that's what I want to do. Right. So um, how did you get your first job as a music supervisor? Because I'm, I'm not quite sure what sort of like skills you need to have, apart from no. knowing a lot of music, of course, and you know, yeah. researching and uh, I guess having good taste. Yeah, yeah, it, it helps. Um, I, um, well, I mean, I was at, at that point. I, I did, I did go and meet like a few different people. I mean, I think what I would always try and do is just try and try and kind of reach out to people that I thought might have some information, and then. Na you know that would sort of naturally lead on to um other people and i think eventually i i just um i kind of met a couple of people that could fill me in about what the role was was more so i sort of learned more about the role and then i i went to one of those um they don't have them 
anymore so no one probably on this will know what I'm talking about but there were these booths that you could go to to print your own business cards so I went right. up my own little business cards called myself a music supervisor and then literally just like just just handed them around to anyone that I would meet that I would think would be useful and just literally knocked on doors of production companies in Soho and obviously because at that point emails wasn't like a massive thing so you didn't really email people in that way you literally just mm -hmm. had to pick up the phone and 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 um knock on doors so so that's what I did um and then I became friendly with a film composer called Simon Boswell who's a very successful British film composer and he was kind enough to he was just starting to work on a film and he said to me well look they need some tracks in this film so why don't you come and work on that um so I was I mean I was young enough to be kind of bold and risk-taking enough to take that opportunity even though I didn't really know what I was doing but um, I'd like to think I was also smart enough to know that I, I couldn't mess up and whilst I could probably you know have the confidence and wing it creatively and like you said I guess there's a confidence in knowing that there's that you have the right sort of taste for it or mm -hmm. you're confident in your own process of selection and, and mm -hmm and general creativity, but I knew I couldn't mess up on the licensing. So I'd become very friendly with um, a guy that worked at the MCPS, and he also wanted to be a music supervisor, and that's kind of was his day job, just doing all the licensing and helping people out with their licensing. So um, I called him up and said, do you want to come and do this film with me? I think he literally left his job that day and, and came <laughs> And did the film and the film was actually rocket pictures which was elton john and david furnish it was their um production company it was their first film on that production company so and we didn't have our own office so i went and worked in the rocket pictures um office and actually i think in elton john's office because obviously he was never there he was here there and everywhere and so i sat in elton john's office with a bit, I think a very big and intimidating picture of Elton John himself, like on the wall behind me. So, <laughs> don't mess up. Uh, and I guess you didn't. No, I didn't. No, I don't think so. So that was, and that was my first film. So that was obviously then my first experience as a actual music supervisor. Amazing. Uh, yeah. It's it's a great first one. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so. How did you move from um, films to sort of like working for brands and, you know, just the broader sort of like range of clients? And, and I guess this leads to how did you get to start your own company? Mm. Um, well, so, um, I mean, I did actually, I think I always liked the idea of, of um, having a sort of a company, having a kind of brand in some sense, because even though, for many years i just worked i worked um in partnership with with dan the guy that came in and worked with me on that film we worked in partnership for um a few years together and we sort of worked we we created a company and worked under a company name together at that point um and then after that when we stopped working together i kind of worked um 
again, just me as a freelancer, but I think I always sort of approached even as a freelancer, kind of tried to approach it in a sort of company way in, in some ways. But I worked on films exclusively, on feature films, for, for quite a few years. Um, and, I mean, essentially, I think I was, I was just bored of having no money um, because it didn't pay that well. Um, and you had to work on a lot of films just to, to kind of um, earn enough money, really. So um, I started to, to, again, just through, I think, conversation people started to look at advertising. I sort of realised, obviously, you know, there's, there's got to be a job there as well and, mm-hmm. and assumed there would be more money. Um, so I just started to look into that and um, and... And yeah, and then actually I did end up for a period of time. I, I went and worked at a company. I met someone who was already running a company doing supervision for advertising. So right. I went and worked there for a year. And that got me, you know, sort of the, the experience that I needed to, to, to essentially transfer the skills I'd already learned mm-hmm. but into another industry. Because um, whilst it's essentially the same job. Um, it is obviously a very different industry with very different dynamics. Yeah. And, um, so there was still a lot to learn. Um, so I did that and I worked there for a while and then realised that um, just as I probably wasn't very good with authority at school, I also wasn't very good with authority in a job. So, so, so left <laughs> and carried on being my own boss again, which I, I think I was probably a bit better at. Um, so, so I, I left and then set up, and then set up Leader Music after that um, to focus on on advertising and brands. Um, I still worked in film, but I was definitely much more active in in advertising and brands um, at that point. So that sort of like confirmed your assumptions in terms of you know broadening the uh, range of clients, meaning having a little more money and a little more resources yeah yeah i mean i i um i mean i do you know what i I really love working on both and i think having worked in film for quite a few years um to then move into advertising i really enjoyed it you know for a lot of different reasons but i think also just for the like having suddenly a, a bigger budget to license one piece of music than I'd had working on, you know, one film to license multiple pieces of music. Yeah. I think just creatively that opened up so many opportunities. I could suddenly look at artists and catalogues that I'd never been able to look at before. We could record, you know, amazing um, pieces of music with musicians at Abbey Road. And, you know, it just, it just, um, it opened up a lot of opportunities creatively. And also, I think it's a, it's a different... I love working on a film and you sort of get engrossed in, in, in one sort of area of music a lot of the time, like you might be working in one particular period or one particular genre. That's really rewarding. But it, often with um, when we're working on advertising even on one ad you might research a lot of different um genres and a lot of different approaches to it plus we work on multiple ads at a time so my music knowledge just 
really rapidly increased in in some ways much quicker than working on film like film you end up almost with a slightly more specific nerdy knowledge of one area that you might be engrossed in for like a year of your life and then you kind of come out of that and yeah but for advertising you have to sort of have such a broad understanding of um you know every and all type of music um at all times so yeah um i think it's 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 weird in a way because you would probably think that advertising is a little less not creative but sort of like free than the movie industry it's it's actually very interesting uh, yeah about this yeah yeah i mean i feel i feel really lucky to be able to work across both because um yeah i guess there's they just sort of they do whilst it, like i said they are the same job there are differences and i and i really enjoy the differences and they also kind of complement each other really well yeah makes sense mm. um so right we got to the point where you set up your own company and of course you had your network already i suppose it was pretty I wouldn't say easy, but you were you knew how to sort of like take the first steps, I suppose. Um, how did you? Um, I kind of want to know how does a brand approach you guys? Like, what's the structure? How does it work? Literally, what it's what is it about? So, I mean, we have we we work with a lot of different clients and I think people work in different ways, but. Um, and also really depends on on the production and on the project but um often we might just brought on board on um early days um so you know for an advert there might be um a script that's sort of been signed off and ready to go but it's not been shot yet so we'll start early on thinking about the concept of the music um, and pulling together ideas and almost just sort of putting together kind of a soundboard musical ideas, um, which then is, is kind of um, becomes more focused and, and refined the further you go on. And when, as soon as you've got an edit to work to, mm -hmm. then that process um, obviously continues, but, but becomes quite different once you're obviously able to interact with the visuals and see what's actually working um so yeah so we'll work broadly creatively again we might there might be that there's um on-screen performances so a music supervisor has to deal with all of that working with on-screen performances um there might be more of an involved kind of um relationship between the sort of brand and an artist so we're across that as well and then obviously there's all the licensing side of it as well, which is important to to know the ins and outs of, of that. And 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 has definitely become more and more complex over the years. And um and you know, particularly at, at the moment I think it's quite complex because um because you know media is so broad and complex now and people are constantly sort of finding new creative ways to exploit ideas and to um, connect with their audiences so we have to 
you know creative aside we have to from a licensing perspective know how to how to secure the rights rights to go mm-hmm. with all these different um ideas of course you have sort of like different aspects of the job that you look after is this something that you <clears throat> sorry still do on a daily basis like what's what's a day like for you for me personally mm-hmm. um also we have um kind of two two companies like sister companies so i've got the music supervision company and the composer agency and we make up a, a team of about nine people so we have multiple projects going on at one time we have a sort of four team of music supervisors and they'll have their own production that they're supervising but generally we're feeding into the the broader team as well so that creatively there's a sort of almost like a collective of music supervisors that will creatively feed into each project regardless of who's managing it Um, and then we have the kind of licensing and, and business affairs sort of set up here as well that, that supports all the projects from, from a licensing perspective. So we sort of, you know, for me, I, I um, even though actually I do start every year trying to tell myself that I won't hands-on um, use it, supervise um, another like production this year, I'm just, uh, I, I can't help myself and I do end up um doing that so i'll have like a a couple of productions that i'm Mm -hmm. very closely um working on and managing myself and supervising myself um as well as then obviously i'm just across everything so um so i'll be feeding in creatively or logistically into the various different productions and, and projects and then also with the composer agency i've got two composer agents here and so i'll work closely with them um on on the um representation of of the composers as well so yeah spinning a lot of plates (laughs) yeah it sounds like yeah so i kind of um want to know if there's any campaign that you worked on that you're um, particularly proud of or something that you think it's, it's worth sharing because, you know, again, you're proud of it or it's just something that you, you really love still? I mean, I think as far as like the, as far as the sort of advertising campaigns go, I think for me it's, it's so, and same with film and TV in a way, but it's so down to um, relationships. I mean, I'm, I'm slightly funny about... Um, about the word proud in a way i i I don't know i don't um i don't necessarily feel proud of the work that i work on it's like i i guess i feel like i can feel really rewarded from it or sort of satisfied like creatively satisfied or I don't know. I've thought about this before and I can't quite put my finger on what my issue is with that word. But in- No, I think creatively satisfied is yeah. much better, um, much more yeah. comprehensive and less, you know, harsh <laughs> word. Proud. I think that but for me, it's so, it's so often down to, um, you know, the, the process and the relationships. And I, and I really enjoy a production when I've got a close working relationship with whoever the you know the the the, the key people are in that production mm-hmm. the producer, the creative team um 
and if if there's good communication and there's good collaboration um and we feel like really part of the team um and that what we're doing i think is valued as well then um then that's the work that i enjoy the most and obviously there's work um the finished product that i have sort of different views on and that's often a personal thing as to what you connect with creatively more but um but yeah like i said i think for me it's, it's very much about being about that relationship that you have with the people involved and then also naturally there's always a sort of um there's always a bit of personal take that comes into it with with music and if you get to work with music that you're particularly um excited by then that is great too but but i think again doing what we do we work across so much different music that um that i i can you know i can get really excited by a lot of different music and it doesn't necessarily have to be what i'm listening to at home or no um, is there anything any artists or any uh, music recommendation that you can share something that you oh it's the most recently oh my gosh i mean I, i literally listened to it to so to so much and i guess well for me what i have to try and do is um make sure that i kind of listen to things um as just uh kind of you know just for my own enjoyment and not just so you can get so quickly that we're, we're getting <laughs> so much but um i mean The, the one of the things that i just cannot stop listening to at home is um the soundtrack to queen and slim which is just amazing so i have that on loop almost to the point now that i have to maybe stop myself because i don't want to start like disliking it from having listened to it too much um and i love the new the the, the recent like heady one album i think that's great um and what else was i just listening to um i'll always i'm always following what koji radical is up to because i'm i'm loving what he's doing i've been listening a lot to an icelandic composer called kira kira who's amazing um yeah i mean so much we we're so lucky that we we sent so much music it can feel quite overwhelming because i always feel like i'm not listening to as much as i want to listen to um but we're very lucky that we're sent so much music and i think one of the things that i do love the most about um our area of the industry and our and our specific job is that it's not exclusive to any um one type of music it's not you know it's not exclusive to just current music or mm-hmm. um just well known music or so and and i really do like that about it i like that we um that we license so much different music and that it for me i find it rewarding that we can also that we're generating income for a lot of different artists and catalog um, i love it if we license something from a really unknown artist that you know that 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 fee is going to um really you know help them and so um yeah i i i really love that aspect to it yeah me too i mean i don't do it of course uh, as a job but i love that aspect of it um so 
just in simple terms, if possible, what's, what sort of skills are needed nowadays to become a music supervisor? Let's say, you know, I want to become a music supervisor. What do I do? Do I need to know how to write music? Do I need to um, sort of like demonstrate or show that I listen to a broad range of genres? Do I need to know people? How, how does it work? Um, I mean, I, you know, I guess in some ways it depends how you want to um, get into the role and there's different sort of access I guess, into the role, different approaches. Um, you could, I, 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 would, I would never say to someone that you can't, um, obviously, you know, doing what I did, I just, um, I learn on the job. Um, and um, I'm a big believer of doing that. But I do think that it's, that the job has become much more complex um, than, than it used to be in terms of of licensing and just obviously as as i think all the you know film tv um advertising is all become much more complex industries than, than they used to be if you look at the tv industry now i mean we the tv industry didn't used to be nearly what it is now in the uk um and so suddenly you're licensing for but for, for Netflix series and things like that, rather than just... That's the thing. It's not just the TV series, yeah. so anymore. I think, I think um, if, you know, if someone's got that entrepreneurial spirit, then I would never want to try to, to dampen that. But I think you have to enter into it with, with, with some caution and, and a good plan of how you're going to do it yourself but um but make sure that you're doing it properly you know because that's a quick exit out of the industry as well if you were to mess up um but so you know so but you can obviously you can go in um into junior roles in music supervision companies there's there's lots of um freelance music supervisors who will bring in um people for like work experience or have assistance um, that they'll train up. Um, and then there's obviously the way in of, of, of more into like sync rather than necessarily straight mm -hmm. supervision. So you can work at one of the rights holders um, and, and learn that way. Um, because, you know, as a music supervisor, I think that the, 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 the skills are so broad that are needed um, because you, yeah, creatively, obviously it's, I mean, I think it is um, it, a good knowledge of music, helps a good understanding of music. Obviously all of that helps, but it's not actually about having this encyclopedic knowledge of music. It's, it is also about... Um, I guess a good a good broad understanding of of music genres and how they kind of fit together, um, and then also just really good research skills. You need to have this sort of inquisitive mind and be able to um, be able to to research into something um, and delve into something. So that's a big part of it. And then you also have to 
you have to also be a bit of a producer because you are you are sort of project managing something so you have to know how to to logistically navigate through that that job um and then you also need to to be able to do all of the licensing um so it is it is pretty varied um so yeah so you're always going to need to kind of have i think just to dive into that yourself you always it's going to be easier if you do have people that you can try and learn from build your experience in order to be able to have a good understanding of, of those different areas yeah i guess now it's 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 a good time because pretty much everyone is at home so approaching someone who's in the field maybe and trying to you know get some advice and and just spend more time researching and sort of like developing those skills i guess there's no such um path that you can take to become a music supervisor it's just a combination of things that you really want to work on and i guess if you if that's really what you want you need to find a way <laughs> yeah i mean that you know there's there it is it is a pretty big area of the industry now. So you do, you know, within most of the um, labels and publishers, they've got their sync teams. Um, so there's, there's, there's looking at those as a way in. There's obviously, like I said, there's, you know, music supervision companies like ourselves and also individual music supervisors. So there's a way in there. Um, and, and also if you do, like I said, if you do have that, approach as well where you want to learn more hands hands on and sort of throw yourself in the deep end then then i think it's always a good approach of of of, of finding also, you know young um directors and producers who are making their own short films and you can help them mm-hmm. um with that and and um just make sure that you know you're you're getting the right advice and, and help from from someone along the way i guess to to be able to you know navigate um licensing and such like but um and and there and there are now um more sort of courses and things available i mean i don't think there was anything at the time that i was looking into it i mean it just wasn't widely known it did take me quite a long time to even find that there was a a job as a music supervisor it wasn't a sort of known title even within the industry um but there are courses now i mean we've recently um well not that it's probably about three years ago now but we've set up the guild of music supervisors for um uk and europe and as part of that um we offer um workshops um and and courses so um yeah so there's 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 that to be able to tap into so mm-hmm. there's a lot more now for people to be able to build their knowledge and and understanding and try and get a foot foot in the door so for let's say an intern um i guess it's also a case just like in any other job specifically in the music and creative industries it's also a case of having the right sort of social skills because i suppose together with all the aspects that we um talked about that you talked about it's a case of being able to deal with people as simply as that because you have yeah. to um coordinate and and ensure that you know you meet the client's needs but also 
you know, uh, preserve your creativity as much as you can and, and, and do the best that you can while also, I think that that's an important side of it. What, what would you, what would you say about it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, um, I mean, it must, it must be quite overwhelming in, in, in some respects, I guess, for, for, um, people that are trying to enter into the industry and, you can, I guess you can quickly do your research online and find all these companies and you can quickly mm -hmm. send out your CV and this and that. But, um, but I guess it's sort of how, you know, how do you, how do you cut through and, and get yourself to be noticed amongst all the others that are coming through? I mean, I, I think I'm, I don't know whether this is just a bit old school, but I just think that there's just some fairly like basic things I think that really do matter of just like do a bit of research about who one like who is the best person to contact like know who it is that that you're contacting and just have that understanding because sometimes I can just see from the contact that, that, that is being made that um that maybe they've just sent something off you know too quickly before taking the time to actually go okay is this the right person to be contacting and, and who are they and then just get a bit more of a better a, approach that feels like you can tell from the person's reading it that all oh, right they've done their research because to start with you know a big part of our job is research so if someone's contacting us and it doesn't look like they've done their research it's it's not it's not a good start no not really <laughs> so i think I do think that's a, a big part of it is just sort of making just just being um just just being considered about your your approach to people even if you've got this long overwhelming list of all these different people that you found like just take the time to to get a good considered approach um and then I think you know if you do get the opportunity to 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 intern or do some work experience then you've really got to like seize that that opportunity um and i think it's really i mean i think it does just come down to trying to be a helpful person um because you know all, all these companies and all these people are just they're all just busy people and i think if you can go in there and just be helpful and also be inquisitive i do, it, it, I, i'm sure that sometimes it must be really intimidating and you don't want to feel like you're you're making you're being a pain by asking questions and it's that so it's i guess it can be easy just to sort of sit quietly in the corner and think oh my god this you know i don't know how to interact with everyone but i think you have to put yourself out there and 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 ask questions and show that you're interested yeah um so i think it's sort of you know seizing the opportunity in that respect and one thing that i always think is it is a good thing to try to remember that i will remind myself of is that if you've been offered some sort of opportunity whether it's a work experience or whether it's simply a meeting with someone or a cup of tea with someone try to always make that lead to something else because once you've kind of left once you've left the building everyone's obviously just onto their next things it's too late yeah it's trying to go right I, this this sounds sort of slightly, but it, like, what can I get out of this? What do I need to get out of it? And sort of try to get someone to um, to connect you with someone else, mm -hmm. or you know, just try to make things follow and flow. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that's the, uh, always tried to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this also links with the fact that you recently joined the, uh, the Cat's Mother. So it's, it's a network of uh, female professionals um, that work in the music and creative industries that um, give um, for free time to young um, creatives that want to work in those industries. So um, what's the, um, why did you join and, and um, you know, what, what do you think about it? Why is it important to you? Um, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's great that there's, um, that there's these sort of things that are set up that, that can, that can um, help match um, like mentors with mentees and finding the right mentors for different, for different people. Um, I think it's something that's, that's, that's been um, much more um, focused on in the, within the creative industries um, over the last few years. And I think that's such a, such a positive thing. I mean, I, I, I definitely had people that um, gave me opportunities and gave me chances um, along the way, um, but I never had a mentor and looking back I, I just think wow that would have been great and um i think you can be the most sort of sort of savvy ambitious smart young person but you still don't have that experience that someone 20 years older has and, and sort of being able to just have people pass on information is um is so valuable i mean i, I remember being told things that I probably only gave so much thought to at the time. But you look back, I mean, in my first job in the, in the music industry, I remember discovering the job of, of A&R and going, wow, that, that looks good. I'd like to do that and saying to, saying to someone, to a, an older man, like, oh, that looks good. I'd like to, that, to do that job. And, and they said to me, oh, no, no. Like most most NR, like it's all guys. It's a guy's job. You're out going to gigs every night. You don't want to be doing that. Like you should look at like PR. Go and look at PR. It's, I mean, nothing wrong with with marketing PR whatsoever. No, no, but I see what you mean. But it's like that stereotype of like women do marketing PR. Men that general of yeah, female job and male job. Yeah. yeah, and and obviously like at the time like kind of thought something was a bit off with that but but had I had a kind of mentor that could have said to me at the time that is bullshit. don't say it don't out loud listen to that um yeah then that would have been quite reassuring I think um, definitely definitely so, yeah I mean I just think it's and 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 now uh I, yeah and now obviously I'm sort of in the position where I do have this sort of over 20 years of experience within quite a, a specific um, mm -hmm. area of the industry. And yeah. so if I can be of any help of passing information on and, you know, trying to offer up some helpful advice, then, then I'd like to be able to do that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have a, a mentee yet, but, um, but I'm sure you will. I'm looking forward to it. When... <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there might be someone. Uh, yeah. Among the viewers.
Um, I only have one more question. I was just curious to know how's the current scenario for your niche? So are you still busy? Is it, because I guess it's, it's an interesting, um, you know, of course it's not connected to the live industry, which unfortunately is suffering from the yeah. current um, situation. So I just, I just want to know if you're still busy, what are you working on if you could share? So yeah, I mean we do. We've we've still got um, a couple of um, sort of long form productions. So we've got a, a TV series that we've been working on um, for a while now. That's that's already sort of in post production and editing. So whilst there's still challenges at that stage of production, um, it it has still been able to continue. Um, and then there's another series. Um, which I'm absolutely loving, um, which is very early days. It's a, a, a TV series um, for the BBC called Super Ho, which is very early days. It's not going to be shooting, you know, for for for, for many months. But um, but we um, are working on that at this stage, and that's pre-production. So we've just had well, it's pre-pre-production. Um, so we've just had to kind of find solutions to what was going to be people kind of working in the studio together um we've we've set up more sort of virtual um studio sessions um for the creative people involved and 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 it's been and it's been good i think you know people can find practical solutions to to certain challenges i think it's also for creative people being able to be in the right sort of space creatively to still also do what they want to do. And I think this time is obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's such a difficult time and it's full of a lot of, of grief and sadness and uncertainty. Um, but that's also, I think, it's a sort of weird time of juxtaposition where there's also a lot of kind of innovation and inspiration. and Definitely. Yeah, so I think people fluctuate. Um, so I think creatively, we've just been having to, to, to work with that. People, creative people and, and acknowledging that people have feelings and emotions and it can't just be these working machines. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a challenging time for, for the music industry and for the, you know, and for the film and TV industry, there's a lot of challenges. We've just been able to get production off the ground and shooting and working again. Um, but I've been very fortunate. I'm very grateful for the fact that we, you know, we have still had um, some, some, you know, some good work whilst, whilst obviously some of our productions have, have had to um, hopefully just pause. Um, we we've we've still had some some good work to see us through so yeah so you sort of worked your way around it is something that you can do remotely which is you know great for yeah. you of course. yeah exactly yeah. again you know just just really grateful that that doing the jobs that we do we can we can easily um work rem remotely and and i think also like a lot of a lot of music supervisors were sort of slightly um, introverted types. So, and, and all the composers that we work with, you know, they're all kind of used to actually a lot of solitary time working away with headphones on, staring at screens. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's much easier to adapt to that than I'm sure other people yeah. have quite different jobs. Yeah. 
makes sense. Mm. Right. So I was just scrolling just to see if there are any questions. There's a lot of thank you. So interesting, really interesting perspective. Amazing. So insightful. So thank you. <laughs> There's one comment. What's the main difference between a career in supervision and one in sync? That's good. Okay. So it, as a music supervisor, um, your um essentially in, in you're hired by um the um either the you know the film company or the advertising agency so you're working on behalf of them and you're an independent um it's an independent role that's brought in to um to be responsible for the the music within a production um in sync you're you're actually on the music side of things so you're um you're working for um a, say a rights holder so you're working for a record label or a publisher and your income is generated from um the music side of things so from the um from the licensing tracks say um so generally you're representing um, a specific label or publisher or catalogue or mm -hmm. specific songwriters so you're more um, yeah on the kind of music industry and you're generating your income via the music industry yeah sense. I hope yeah. that <laughs> I think it does yeah. it definitely um, someone else says so much ground covered already so yeah everyone is happy <laughs> I'm very happy what is the dream supervision job? Oh, yeah, I guess it does just come down to what I said before. It's about, it's really about, um, it's about the people, I think. Yeah, it's about good relationships. I was get, slightly getting distracted by, by a thought process going, but I would love actually to do like a film that was, uh, that would take me back to my youth, the free party scene and, and jungle music. So maybe that. So I guess that's the one. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, other than that, thank you so much, Abby. That was uh, brilliant. And uh, I hope to see you in person at some point. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> that Enjoy would be your nice. evening. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys uh, for watching. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. bye.